Merry Christmas, Swazzers. We hope you're all well during the holiday season. The time has now come to be surrounded by loved ones and, of course, plenty of football. Along with our beloved Cardiff City going through an intense period of fixtures over the holiday period, which, as we all know, can deeply affect the outcome of a championship season. With one win in our last five games and still only three points in the month of December, it seems like the Bluebirds have hit the wall at just the wrong time, with fixtures coming thick and fast. We're currently six points off playoffs and my fear is that it could look a lot different in the new year. But before we get into any of that, let me introduce both gentlemen who will be joining me this episode. Firstly, let me introduce the right-hand stat man who is still recovering from his cold. It's William Kosh. How are we doing, Koshy? I'm all good, mate. The cold's gone. Just for Christmas. Finally. So. How's how it feel? How's it feel to be free? <laughs> it feels good, mate. It feels back to normal. Just in time for the holidays, just in, just in time for the holidays. Next is the man who needs no introduction. It's the Cardiff City, and most importantly, Swaz legend Nathan Blake. How are you doing today, Blakey? I'm good, thank you, young Brandon, young Koshi. Good to see you both. Like the introduction, a little crazy and all that. Of course, just missing the, uh, the Christmas bells, man. Excited <laughs> for the holidays, Nath? What's that? Excited for the holidays? Uh, yeah, I love Christmas, mate. I do. I love Christmas. Uh, not necessarily spending all that dough. Although I do like spending dough, but it's the Christmas cheer, the old beer and the brandy and what have you. You know, I look forward to more than anything and uh, spending time with the family and uh, friends. You know, so, yes, yeah, looking forward to it, mate. That's what it. it's all about. That's, That's what, what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Well, you're listening now to episode 8, season 4 of A Bit of Swaz. And remember, we're at SwazPod on the Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. So like, love, share, comment and most importantly, subscribe. As mentioned, it hasn't been the best couple of weeks in terms of performances and results in recent times for the Bluebirds. But we're going to try and analyse all in between. The first fixture we got, which was a fairly positive one to say the least, which was Millwall at home, which resulted in a 1-0 win thanks to a fortunate Demetrius Gutas header, which the opposition keeper would be disappointed about, to say the least. Cole put up a great effort to try and score, but the game was a relatively close fixture. I think we'll be delighted with this game on a Saturday afternoon and a big three points. Nath, do you think we deserve to take all three points from that fixture? Uh, I'll be honest with you, I've only seen the highlights of the game. I uh, wasn't at the game. Um, I think if they had a striker, it might have been a little different. Uh, but, you know, if my grandchild was my granny, things would have been different as well, wouldn't it? So of course. We can always look at that and say if, buts, ands and maybes. You know, at the end of the day, Cardiff have put the ball in the net and Millwall haven't, so you win the game 1-0, as simple as that. But... I don't think um, I don't think they played great, if I'm totally honest. But it was a win that came at the, a crucial time, a really crucial time for me, because they'd come off the back of um, obviously the loss to Southampton, West Brom, uh, and they needed to stay within that sort of top seven or eight. They needed a, a three points, and they managed to get it. So um, deserved. Uh, you get what you deserve in football, I suppose I'd say. So, yeah, you could say, yeah, they deserve three points because they've put the ball in the back of that. 
like Blakey mentioned there, well, I mean, that was the only three points we actually took from this this month so far. Again, do you think, looking back now, that fixture was quite a big one, considering we didn't put up a great performance, but still took away the result? Yeah, it was massive, obviously. We had Birmingham at home to follow up on, so hoping to get six points there, back-to-back. But looking back now, that three points is massive. And we lost the last two before, as we said. And we haven't scored in those two games, obviously, so goals has been a problem as well, you could say. So, must get a goal. And nice to see us back at the top on the set pieces. Those goals in the set, from set pieces in the championship. So, good that Kutas is up us there. And Rolls' delivery, which maybe some we've missed in the last couple of games. So, but yeah, it was, it was vital to get three points against Millwall. Well, yeah. here's, a, here's a question for you. Is it more... NG's delivery or Rouse's delivery we score from? Rouse. Mm. Would say Rouse, yeah? I would say Rouse. From the I, know, I know NG's up there stat-wise for creating chances and stuff. Mm. But I know Rouse's assist has gone up quite a lot, tally. Mm. It's just from the corners, I'd say. In, in open play, I would say NG. NG. I would even maybe even put Wintel over Rouse in open play in terms mm. of putting crosses in the box. Mm. But from corners, I think Rouse, I mean... He deserves that that role, I would say, as the corner taker. Mm. Which, like Will said, I think is what we what we've lacked really in the past few games. But moving on to the other games, as mentioned, it pretty much goes downhill from there. As the next fixture was a midweek home fixture against Birmingham City in an unfortunate one 0 loss, which was in fact Wayne Rooney's first away win since being appointed. And to make matters worse, the one and only goal scorer was none other than Janino Bakuna, who of course is brother of ex-Bluebird Leandro Bakuna. And need I, need I say no more? And of course, the people who've seen the goal, it was unfortunate to say the least. I mean, it seemed like an obvious foul on Keon Atete at the Birmingham end. Ref says play on, they go up at the other end, and Bakuna easy flicks a pass Renison and then puts it into an empty net. Gutas came close to making it two goals in two, but was denied by Paul Reddy. Excellent save, to be fair. And also, ex-Bluebird Dion, Dion Sanderson was also the defender that made that questionable tackle on Atete. I mean, Koshi, was we just extremely unlucky on the day? Uh, I don't know. I thought Jordan James was unreal for Birmingham. Ran the field. Um, yeah. Um, Rooney, he had to put out a win because he was going on a bit of a losing streak, wasn't he? And um, In fact... Yeah. Birmingham, it's the first time they've won the last 10 league visits to Cardiff since 2008. So he's broke a, a bit of a run there for Birmingham. Yeah, so 2008 2 win. But yeah, we really need to pick up results. And um, obviously James is someone bullet light, as he, he made well known and done well. And it's a shame we can pick up another three points at home because six points there could have put us in a good position. But Perry MG went off injured as well, which really didn't help us going forward. Mm. There's obviously a lot good for energy, as we mentioned, uh, creating chances, etc. But that was a big loss early on as well. 100%. I mean, I think we know we all know on the swaz, I say in every episode, how much of a fan I am of Perry NG. And yeah, very disappointed to see him go off there. Very disappointing. But moving on, I wish we could uh, skip over this, the next fixture. But of course, was the 3-0 loss against Hull City away from home. Many of us could have predicted a loss. In fact, we did in the last episode, but I don't think many of, many of us expected such a dominating performance from Hall and a lack of performance from our Bluebirds. I mean, it could have been 1-0 even earlier than it was if it weren't for Dimitris Gutas, who came to the rescue once again after Aaron Connolly took a pass Alnick and went to place the ball in an empty net, but came in, but in came Gutas. 
to clear it out for a corner. Of course, Hull are a great team who will be pushing playoffs all season. And the constant attacks and pressures resulted in an Aaron Connolly goal in the 32nd minute after the ball was blasted across the six-yard box. Come second half, a pinpoint perfect free kick from Scott Twine into the top corner. And then came the icing on the cake for the Tigers as Tufan easily dinked, it, dinked Jack Ornick in goals to make it 3-0 after the ball went straight over the defence. I mean, we heard Buller after the game say the players didn't show anything in this fixture. Nate, was this game a reality check to show where we actually sit in this league? Um, yeah, I think so. I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, I made my predictions before the start of the season. You know, I think if we, I said if we were, you know, top eight, top ten, I think that's a fantastic season for us. Um, coming off the back of what happened last year. Um, I'd expect us to finish around about between 10 and 13, 14 uh, mid-table. But anything lower than that would be, you know, uh, not a good season at all. Um, and I look and I, I, again, seen the highlights and, you know, uh, well, watch the game, actually. Um, they were just far better than us, keep the ball better than us, move the ball better than us. One touch, two touch, press better than us. You know, all these things that you'd expect Cardiff to be doing by now, you know, um, or at least, you know, a few of those things for Cardiff to be doing now just don't seem to be happening. And, uh, you know, I do, um, I do worry a bit because I think a lot of fans got their hopes up at the start of the season because we had a good September. And I always say, if you're a fan, it's your job to dream of the impossible. You know, you pay your hard-earned cash and it's your yeah, that's part and parcel of being a fan, right? But if you're, if you're working at the club uh, or you're running the club, you know, you can't afford to let, you know, opinions come into what you're doing and whatever. You've got to have your plan. You've got to have that sort of tunnel vision and not that you won't be swayed from it, you know, you can be, if someone gives you a brighter idea, then fine. But you've got to uh, you've got to have a plan. You've got to stick to what it is you believe in. And um, my worry is that we don't seem to have, well, we haven't. We haven't moved forward from the good form of August, September, or September especially, um, October. You know, we've gone... Inconsistent October, inconsistent November, and so far it's been a, a really poor December. So um, it's 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 a little concerning. But listen, I think they are. Um, I think Cardiff are a, a mid-table team at best, and I think uh, one of the major things which I think people are, are not picking up on, and I do concern a bit about. It gives me a bit of concern about the manager, is maybe his expectation of just coming in to what people say is the hardest league in the world, right? So he might have managed in Turkey, but there's not a Turkish team that could cope with the championship. I don't care if it's Fenerbahce, Galatasaray, Besiktas, it doesn't matter, Trabzonspor, it doesn't matter. They wouldn't cope with a 46-game season Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, FA Cup, League Cup, all the rest of it. So 
Uh, a bit little concerned, and I'm hoping it's not the case, but, you know, maybe the manager has underestimated it a little bit. Um, and maybe that's because, like he said in his interview, he needs to get things done very quickly because he's only got a year's contract, right? So, again, it's, you know, you're into the, you know, the do's and don'ts, the rights, the wrongs, you know. Was he the right man? Well, it seems so. Do you give him a longer contract and let him know that he has time to develop the squad rather than trying to do everything without really having a... Well, he's had one transfer window, but a transfer window where you're not able to spend any money mm. um, and everything is, you know, in a rush. He wants to be... So I use uh, Newcastle as an analogy. Newcastle are probably two or three years ahead of schedule, right? Uh, Errol Bullet, he wants to be two or three years ahead of schedule because he almost has to be to prove that he's the right man for the job. But I would, I would implore him to just settle down and lower his expectation. Because the reason why I was saying mid-table, because you know my motto, Brandon, I always say, you don't start calling top six because you don't want to put unnecessary pressure on the team. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, you let the season develop a bit before you think, right, okay, we, we, we've got a decent squad here. And it's not just about the results, it's about what you're producing and, you know, um, what kind of football you're playing, what kind of players you've got. And I think maybe uh, Errol has just underestimated the championship a little uh, and its demands on players, uh, so I would say to him, just rein that in a little and just focus on just game by game, results, results, results. Do you think he has time though, Nate? And to will really? Because of course well, he now, doesn't. That's the thing. Like, can he settle down? Is is he thinking I have no choice? I, I can't well, settle it, down. It, like, it's it it's a the catch championship, 22. like mentioned. Well, it's a catch twenty two brand because if you've only got a year contract, then you know. I think he was brought in by the chairman, not the owner. I think the owner wanted to go in a different direction. Mm. So straight away, there's a divide, right? Yeah. And that creates a split and that creates a manager rather than planning forward is planning for like today, yesterday, <laughs> tomorrow, and that's it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't do no sort of midterm plan or, right, we'll get to January and do this. Um, and I also think him like, is talking of January and what they were doing and players not really being able to do what he's doing. He's looking in the transfer market. I would say all that. See, I would be advising him, like, keep all that under your hat. You know what I mean? Don't let the players know that, you know, you don't think, like, uh, the full-backs doing enough or the forwards are doing enough for... You know, centre backs. So just keep all that under your hat, and then who you bring in in January, players know, right? He's in. If I'm a striker, and you bring in a striker, right? It's competition time. That is healthy in football, and if it's not healthy in your dressing room or your club, you've got a major problem. Mm. Major problem. Trust me. Do you agree with that? <laughs> Do you agree with that? Well, in the sense of, and I think we can all agree that. The past few years at Cardiff, the big problem has been appropriate planning on all levels, whether it goes up to the top of the board or down to the manager. 
because again there's so many factors involved it, it affects the decision making at, at that level do you think that this is what we're seeing in bullet now as we've seen with so many managers and players and yeah. even people in control of the club yeah um go back to warnock that was like short term wasn't it to keep us up then premier league within the year and as you mentioned the think about the next day and what's around the corner and i remember listening to like some interviews like peltier had and stuff and they were saying they just it was all about the next day it was all about like the next game and we beat them and we'll go to the next game there was no like long-term plan even the premier league there was like happy they were they were there not like we could stay in any type of thing mm. but um i would say maybe like with academy now maybe it's gone a bit better than it was but obviously when you give a year contract obviously he's probably thinking i need to bring players who i trust players who play my system as soon as i possibly can to get results and obviously he's he's, he's gone publicly about one or two players and yeah but i don't know i don't know is it I mean, it's difficult, and it sort of leads to even our last conversation when you was last on the pod, uh, Blakey, which was quite a while back, but it was mm. the question of our identity under Bullet, and identity as a club and the philosophy of football, and of course, we've been full of praises for Bullet on the pod, and that question of identity has been a constant throughout the season, despite all of his successes of making the squad and even some certain results, but of course, the squad is very slim. At the moment, we can all agree that, and this may change in January, but it seems to our approach to how we play differs depending on which opposition we come up against. And do you think this is going to raise continued problems moving forward, Nate? Like, I mean, we just mentioned all the other factors involved, but do you think this may be the core and nucleus of all our problems? Um, I don't think that is the nucleus of the problem. I think the nucleus of the problem is. You do the same thing and expect a different result. That's the definition of insanity, yeah. you'd say. And what's different about what we've done over the last seven years? What's, what's different? It's just another manager. Yeah. And actually, this is a manager who has experience of being a manager in a top... Well, I wouldn't call Turkey a top league. I call it a good league. Yeah. It's not top European three or four leagues so it's a good league and he's got experience in that league but you know this is a different animal you're dealing with yeah of course do you know what I mean this is a totally different animal and I would say you know was he prepared for what's coming his way not just football wise but club wise you know do you think you can do a job within 12 months to get a football club the size of Cardiff City from where it was, scrapping relegation, into a comfortable comfortable position and then build. Mm. Can you do that in 12 months, knowing I've only got a 12-month contract? So, again, the, the problem for me isn't the manager, so to speak. It's the plan of the club to allow the manager to come in for... I don't even think he had a year's contract. I think it was like ten months or something like that yeah. to come in for ten to come in for ten months and do what? What's the point in that? I mean, is it going to harm? Is it really going to harm if you give him a two-year contract? Like I would say, the ideal scenario would be okay, Errol, you come in, you've got a two-year contract. Your remit for the first season is not to have any relegation worries after what we've just been through 
and in your second season. And if you do that, on the club's discretion, we'll give you an extra year on top. So I know all I'm ever going to have to pay out is a year if I have to sack him. Yeah, I was going to ask, because you're on the flip side, like, you're on a five-year contract and then in the first year, that completely what you know that's right. Koshi, that's happening. You give a five-year contract to a manager you believe in and a long-term project uh, at the club that is settled. If you've got a settled board, but even then, you can go in and it'll go, go Pete Tong really quickly, yeah. right? You know, I think Nathan Jones went to Stoke and went to Southampton and probably had three, four-year contracts, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm using, just citing Nathan an example. And it didn't work out for him. Do you know what I mean? So as a club that has been through the washer for the last, you'd say, probably 10 years. You know, we've had all sorts going on. Comfortably, yeah, I'd say 10 uh, years. And I would, you know, for a club that's going through the washer, at least, you know, would, would I sit in the ballroom and say, oh, let's give this lad a four-year contract? Well, he's coming from Turkey. He's never managed in this league. He's had a short term as a as a manager in the Turkish league. We're under embargo. We can't sign players. We can't. Do you understand me? There's so many different factions to right. So you've got to really think right. But we want him. If he does a decent job first season, you know, we he got to know that he's in a job for the second season. Right now, he's just everything must be like meet me. 90 miles per hour because he's just like, right, I've got to prove myself. I've got to get results. Um, I've got to pull together players who I believe in. And remember, when he's pulling players and, you know, uh, Gutas and Siop is two very good signings, I think. But you've got to sign, you're, he's going to be bringing players from clubs that he's worked at and he's worked with before. He's got to know those players can handle Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. You know what I mean? Saturday, Christmas period of, you know, most leagues down tools. We don't, we up tools over Christmas. So all these things have got to be taken into consideration, but I don't think uh, you can do much with a 12-month contract. So I kind of feel for him. Do you think it's too late for the board to give a contract before January or after January? Uh, uh, I don't think, uh, I think we're talking, that would be talking of a normal club. I don't think we've got a normal setup. Upstairs, it's not a normal setup, is it? Of course, yeah. So the board wouldn't even have that, wouldn't even be able to come to that decision. The owner you, would like make that decision. Do you think Jaren would be different though if he did have an extra year? Well, of course, he, he would be different, yeah. right? If you know you're going on holiday in 18 months' time, do you get excited? No, if you know you're going in six months' time, you really start to think about it, right? Yeah, yeah. right. If you're sat in your, if you're going and sat in jail and you're going to get electrocuted in eighteen months' time, do you think about it as much as if it's you know round the corner? It's just the human. The, the point I'm making is human nature, right? To to think that is part of his thinking that he could be out of a job, come May. Mm. Right. So how can you really plan? Everything is for tomorrow at best. I can't plan for, if it's Monday today, I can't plan for Sunday or Saturday. I've got to plan for Tuesday. That's it. It's interesting. That, you reckon that, that can have an effect on, fact, um, on um, the players he brings in. It has an effect on everything, Koshi. Yeah. Everyone. They might not want to come if he's got 
guaranteed at the end of the season. They might think, well, oh, until you sign your contract, there's no way I'm coming. Mm, there you go. And, and then on you the, know, on you could be gone. You could be gone. You could be gone by May. It could be gone before that oh. if results don't go right. But you could be gone by May. But that's what I was going to say. On the flip side of that, let's say you know hypothetically worst case scenario. Let's say results do do start to go bad, and let's say maybe it was just a bit of um, a burst of life, a burst of energy when he first came in and that he was getting results, and then results do start to go down and we do start dropping down the table and like you said let's say he does go by me but then what happens to all the players that he's brought in that, that have only come to the club for his project what happens to the Siopis what happens to the Gutas what happens let's say let's okay. say it comes to January and he makes another three signings for that we already okay. know there's one player that already is let's say pretty much agreed we're hearing that's coming in what happens then I made a point on on Rob's show a couple of weeks ago and I made it again Saturday and I look at uh our neighbours down the road. And I was saying, like, they've appointed a manager who doesn't fit their philosophy. Yeah. Right? In Duff. Now, what they need to be really careful of is not getting into Cardiff's boat and pointing another manager that doesn't fit the philosophy. Because then all of a sudden, it's not just about the managers you have to sack and pay up. It's about... 12, 13 players that you've allowed these two, three managers to sign that don't fit the philosophy of how we play. It's why I said, and whether fans agree or disagree, it's why I said when Rob Phillips put me on the spot after we got promoted under Warnock, we were at the stadium and he said to me, what would you do? Because he knew what I would do. But he wanted me, he wanted the, he loves the controversy, little Rob, right? He wanted me to say it. And, Luckily, nothing really came back of it, but it wasn't a personal thing that I was saying, give Neil a golden handshake and go back to plan A. The reason I was saying it is now I know the the, the owner, the chief exec, the chairman, will take their eye completely off the ball. Their one eye, they only got one eye on it anyway. Off the ball, they're going, whew. We've just got 120 or 160 million back in. Like most of our debt is written off. Great, brilliant. But what you don't realize is that Neil's going to come and sign another 20 players. And what is what the point I was trying to make is it then leaves you in a situation when these players are signing three, four, five year contracts who don't fit the philosophy of the club. It leaves you with a long term problem. Right, longer rebuild as well, isn't it? Right, you've seen it at Man United now, right? Players are on unbelievable dough, knowing I'm not going to get that dough elsewhere. And I, I said, like, how many of our players from that era will go when, when Steve Morrison had to make all those changes? How many of them will go to championship clubs or higher? Only one. I think the goalkeeper who went to QPR. Everyone else went lower, which tells you, well, should tell you, right, a lot of these players were probably, like, cartwheeling when they got these contracts here. It's not, it's not, it's not, football's not to be played with. It's such a serious game and there's so many different moving parts to it. And I always say the people you've got to concern yourself most, it's not the players, the people you've got to concern yourself most is the fans. An owner can own three clubs in his lifetime. A player can play for 
three clubs, ten clubs in his lifetime. You never hear a fan saying, oh, you know, I'm going to go and support Newport for a couple of, couple of months. Oh, I'm going to go and support Bristol. for. They're there for life. Do you know what I mean? So is they, they're your bread and butter. Now, your job as the club is to deliver a long, medium, short-term plan of where we are going. Do you know the philosophy of our club? Have you ever seen the philosophy of our club? Either of you two young cats... Not in a good but, 15 years. When I right. just about watch it. No, it's true. Right. It's true, yeah. So the last time I would say we had a team that played to how Cardiff fans like to see us play was under Dave Jones. Yeah. Yes, they failed to get to the Premier League, but you look at your Choppers, your... Uh, uh, Boffroids, yeah. Boffroids, you know, uh, what's his name, midfielder. Uh, you, you Whittingham, <laughs> your, your McPhails, yeah, you all these players. Like Gavin, right? Yeah, you could yeah, go yeah. all day and then even if you yeah. go back, yeah, of course. Yeah, you go that day, was the like... last time I looked and thought, you know, that was probably before Malky Mackay. Yeah, no, we've always said that. We've always said as soon as when Malky came in and changed that philosophy or that short-term success of football that is successful... That is when it all changed, and yeah. and it, you make a good point as well when you bring up Swansea as well, and, and how they were they started to play this, like what keep the ball on the floor type of football, and bringing managers in that suited that style of play, and then bringing players that suited that style of play, and like you said, it only takes a couple of managers and a couple of sackings and a couple of players that gets brought in, and then that all gets flipped on his head, and then you're mm. in rebuilding mode for twelve years, like you've seen with us. Mm. You might get well, a few short stints, few short stints of success, but you're never in rebuild. We're not in rebuild. Well, we're in a constant rebuild. We're right? in a constant search mm. for the next person who can bring a little bit of success. That's not planning. Right. Yeah. All right? You can't tell me that, what, 12 months ago, 12 months ago, so this time last year, the club were thinking, ooh, Errol Bullock. <laughs> yeah. Mm. You're right. You can see it, like, because that's what Brighton do, isn't it? Because Matt and Manchester have been pinched off it's, them. And it's, 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 listen, it looks easy. Yeah. But it means you need a lot of people working for your club who understand the game, most importantly, and want to see the club at its best. Right? And, like, like if you work at a club, you're not a fan. You don't have time to... Like, you might get the game from time to time where you sit and watch. But even when you sit and watch that game, you're analysing, right? Player performance, opponents. All right, Uzi, he's on the left wing. He's got a year left. He's playing for Hull. I'd like to see him. He'll fit right into our philosophy, the way we play here. Yeah. And get my man to tap up his agent. He'd like to come to Cardiff next season. Three-year deal waiting for him. Fits right into what we're trying to build. All right? It's just pluck a player here, pick a player there, pick a player here, one over there, and just put it together. I mean, you know, I hate to sound sound down on it, but like I, I I've said to you, you've heard me say yeah, I kind of switched off from it, to be yeah. honest with you, because it's just the same thing, and it becomes boring. So, no, I, uh, I, 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 I feel I do. I really, I think. I think Bullet is decent, right? I think you've got... If you're coming to the championship, you've got to give him time to, to understand... 
and get used to this league. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, there's, there's so many, like like I say, moving parts to it. It's, uh, but like I say, nothing's changed for a decade now. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you're downing it. I don't think you're, put, you're putting it down, putting the situation down. All you're saying is that the issues that was there, that has always been there, just because this manager's come in and, put, and bring, brought a bit of belief and a bit of life, like I said, back to the team, back to the club, it doesn't mm. mean anything's changed. It doesn't, yeah. mean it's, it doesn't mean the board's changed. It doesn't mean, like you just mentioned then, of how the board should be thinking or how certain people within the organisation should be thinking. It doesn't change that. It hasn't brought a whole new way of thinking in. It's just mm. brought a good few bit of results and a, and a good couple of players that we may even yeah. see a good couple and of more. The problem is, when it goes wrong, we're all, we, we, we straight away jump down yeah. to, right, is he and the right man? Is he the right man? Is Errol Bullock the right man? Like, like, okay, if you put it out there now, how many people would give him uh, a two-year deal or another year deal now, Christmas time, and extend his contract? There'd be plenty going, mm, I don't know, over the last couple of results. And then someone say, oh, yeah, well, you've got to give a man time to build. We're co- constantly in that, <laughs> rock, in that hard place. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we've got to migrate. The owners have to understand it's not just about employing a manager. They employ the manager and sit back and think, whew, this will get it done. And the only time that's happened, if you take Malky out of the equation, which was 12, 13, I think we got promoted under mm-hmm. Malky. So we're yep. coming up a decade. The only time it's happened was with Neil. Right? And we're still recovering from that, realistically. There's your knock-on effect, right? Still, you just start to go and change like 15, 16 players over. Overnight, literally. So it's not, it's not doing us down. It's actually highlighting what's wrong so you can do us up. Yeah. Right? That's what I would say. If you're Mehmet Dahmer or Ken Chu or Vincent Tan, listen to what people who've played and been in the game for a long time, they're not, we're not in the game because we don't know the game. We're in the game because we know the game. Just have a listen and just take heed of the situation and try and implement certain things that you think can improve. But by now, they've been in long enough to have learned. But we just seem to be going around in that same circle. Vicious circle. It is. It's a vicious circle, to say the least. But I feel for the manager. I really do. I I, I really do. When you get to the nitty gritty, I feel for the manager because you can see he so wants to do well. Yeah. Oh, he definitely cares. The cares. I don't think anyone can question that. No, he he so wants to do well. But you know, who who would go into a job and 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 light it up, knowing that they could be gone in, you know. Six seven months time, or less. Yeah. How do you, how do you say to a plane in January? Oh, come in, come in. I got this project. I got this project. But I could be gone in a couple of months. There you <laughs> you go. Know what I mean, it's been we're quite fortunate. That I think that we've got the players that we've gone in. But I mean, listen. I mean, we could go to the end of the season still with bullets. Still, we're picking up results and finish even in a mid table. Even be in a position towards the end where we push for playoffs if we're really lucky. Mm. But again. Like you said, Dave, like we said, it doesn't mean anything's going to change up there. Which is, no. which, which is where we are, which is, I guess, we sort of got to accept it. Like you said, you switched off from it, but we know you have to. Otherwise, do you know what I mean? You'd only be able mm. to switch on. But mm. it's where we are. It's where our club is at this point. In yeah, time. nothing changes until yeah, the ownership changes. model changes. Yeah, of course. So you've got to work between the lines, right? As I've 
52 year old, I've learned that when <laughs> governments change, but shit don't really change, right? So yes. you have to work between the lines. Yeah. Simple as that. You know what I mean? And, you know, I'm just aware that, well, that's government, but this is entertainment. Ultimately, it's entertainment, right? So some say it's more important than life or death. No, I don't think so, right? I think it's important and it's very important to a lot of people and understand how important it is, but it's not life or death, right? But that's not meaning to say that, you know, just because it's entertainment, you don't do everything in your power to be blob on, top notch, as good as you can be, you know? So, hey, we just, we just, I, like I say, Brandon, I ain't changed my stance for the last two years, three years. I just wait till maybe there's another ownership model and fingers crossed, that's better than the last. That's all I, I you know, that's where I'm at with it. Of course. Well, I think that was a good half hour of seriousness mm. and serious mm-hmm. talk that I need to have for the club. But I think now we're moving on. It's the next segment. It's a new segment. It's a special segment. It's a special holiday segment, which is the Swaz Christmas Tenable. Will, care to explain? Yeah, so let me just get that from the screen. So basically, I'll share the screen to you now, so you'll have a understanding what I mean. So basically, the quiz is like a bit like a tenable. So it's a card version of it. There's 11 players regarding your mm-hmm. question. So, mm-hmm. Blake, you, you, go, you will have the top goal scorers, and Brands, you will have all-time Premier League appearances for Cardiff. So no okay. searching. So... Okay. Every player you get right is a point. So if you get all 11 players, you get 11 points. You've okay. got three lives, so the hearts of the three lives. And it's how many points you get. And if you both draw on your rounds, we'll have a tie break of Gas of Bluewood. Okay. Make, make sense? Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this, so Koshi. Who wants it? Do you say you want to go first, Brand? I'll go first, then. I'll go first. Put the pressure on the old fella. Right, so it. you've got all-time okay. Premier League appearances for Cardiff only. Okay. So let me just so get my pressure can, right can, can, can you Can it go over to the opponent, Koshi? Well, that, that's what I'm saying is, if it's free, if Brandon's free lives are gone, you could, you could yeah. come in and nick, nick some of the players. If, okay. But you, have, okay. you only have one life, though, if you're coming in. Okay. It's like a sudden death. Okay. And I, and I get so no options, Bra- no? I just got to go straight out there. You gotta go yeah. straight out of this. So all time Premier League Kyle City players appearances. So obviously we've been in the Premier for two Premier years. Premier League, two years. I was going two, two all spells, time. So. Sorry, yeah, okay, that's the about both years. Okay. No pressure, Rand. Okay. Alright, alright. No options, I just gotta jump straight into it. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> one player. Yeah. I'm gonna go for Joe Rolls. Do you go and Joe Rolls as the first player? Yeah. I'm afraid you've lost a life already, Brand. Huh? Okay, 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 okay. Right, uh, okay, let me think of it. Well, we're only in the Premier League twice, do you know what I mean? Exactly, so that's what I was thinking. It's either the team that we spoke about earlier and this team. Okay. okay. I, don't know, I don't know why I can't edit this. Alright, all right, I got one, I got one, 100%. I got one, 100%. David Marshall. David Marshall, Marshall is on here, Brands. Number five. So David Marshall's one. Do I chuck the other keeper in there? Because I feel like two keepers is solidified to me. 
because they must have the most appearances because there was only two trips to the Premier League. I don't think there was a player I made both trips except for Witten. Yeah, that's where I would go. I know, I know. It's got to be, haven't it? It's got to be. It's got to be. All right. I'm going to go for Peter Whittenham. Peter Whittenham is number 11. Woo! Trust him, I'll go Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two points, two points. Is he I'll in there? Like, I'll, I'll highlight the ones you've got like that. I want to say, I want to say Neil Etheridge, like, just uh, for the second. You're locking that in? Ah... It's too risky, isn't it? It's too risky. Um, right, okay, okay, okay. Ooh, okay. It's, can, I ask, can I ask one question? Go on. Is there many players that played in both stints, both, both Premier League stints? I would say there's... Let me count. Ooh, I think just one. Okay, okay. All right, that makes my life a bit easier. Okay, okay, right. So my next one is, I'm gonna I'm gonna lock in Neil Etheridge. That is number three, Brand. Right, thank you, thank you very much. Thank By the way, much. just to let you know, it's gone in order. So one is the most appearances, and the eleventh is the lowest appearances. Okay, okay, okay. My just next one is gonna be my next one is gonna be Gary Medal. Gary Medal is number seven. <sighs> this kid's flying now. He's flying. <laughs> my next one is gonna be. My next one's gonna be. Yeah, he played enough. He definitely played enough in that in that first Premier League stint. One hundred percent. Okay, okay, okay. My next one. My next one is gonna be. Um. When, <laughs> well, I'm gonna check in. Aaron Gunnison. Aaron Gunnison's number one. Woo! We played him. <laughs> Oh yeah, Aaron Gunnison. Aaron Gunnison. Uh, all right. He played next... on the warm-up, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. that's what he's yeah. thinking. And the next one, I think some of these are a bit, a bit rogue. Some of these. Are they? Yeah. All right, all right. My next one is going to be Fraser Campbell. Yeah, number four. What a, what a shout that is, man. Here he goes, here he goes, here he goes, here he goes. <laughs> um, right, my next one is going to be Stephen Corker. Stephen Corker's number two. Oh, it's flying. We've got six, eight, nine, and ten. My next one is going to be... Uh, I'll give you one hit left whenever you want to. Alright, my next one. It's not a striker. We're t- I think we're talking midfielders, defenders now. This could be risky here, yeah, and I could lose a life here. Yeah. But I think I'm gonna I, I'm gonna check him out there. Nah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> no, actually, I am. I am. I am. I am. I am. Mark Hudson. Mark Hudson's not on it, mate. Woo! Wait, so how many have I got left? So I got, I've got four, I've got five left. No, four left. And, yeah, and you got one hint left. All right, give me the hint. Give me the hint. Well, the one hint is there's one player from the first stint, and then the rest are from the last stint. Okay. Okay. So use that as actually well. 
Oh, 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 I don't know which one to pick. I don't know which one to pick. Ooh, ooh. we're going to go for him. Go on. Soul Bamba. Soul Bamba's an Arnie brand, so you're out. What? Oh, <laughs> no. Right. Nathan, you got one life. You got one life. McNaughton's not on it. Yes! Yes! So, how many points you going to win? I would have said the other one was Steve Morrison, I was going to say. Steve Morrison, the centre out. Sean Morrison, sorry. Sean Morrison. Sean Morrison. Yeah, he was on it. That was him or Bamba. It was him or Bamba, and I went for Bamba. I thought Ken McNaughton played in the Premier League, no? First year, no. first one he first did. Year. Nah, first one, but I don't think I don't... he made that many appearances by then. So, number six, ready? Yeah. Number six was Jordan Much. Oh, number eight was Sean Morrison. Number nine was Victor Camarasa. Oh, yeah. And number ten was Junior Hoylet. Oh. So, you got seven points here, eh? Let me double check. Yeah, I'm quite disappointed I didn't get all Warnock, Warnock loved Junior, didn't he? Loved him, took him everywhere. Right, Nate, you've got seven, seven players to beat. And yours goes back to the first Premier League since. So from last se- la- this season to the yeah. season in the first Premier League. It's 11 years. Uh, Fraser Campbell. Fraser Campbell is not on here. No. That's where life gone? Uh... Uh, has to be a striker or it could be a front man it be a front most man they, got top most of these are, most of them are though are they most of them are front man but one or two maybe not Junior Hoylet Junior Hoylet is not on here well, are you sure you got this question right he's got one line yeah so you're looking for someone who was a top goal scorer within that season of Cardiff City. So who was the top goal scorer in the 2016 season, for example, for Cardiff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember those things, mate. Like I told you, I'm traumatised over the last 10 years. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I don't look at any of it and think, hey! Uh, you could even go for the current top goal scorer for Cardiff City, if you know who that is. Uh, current top scorer is Atete. He's not. Who was the top scorer? Um, Okubo, isn't it? It is Okubo. Well, the top scorer this season? It's so got to be Okubo, yeah. It's, it's a Tete. Nah, Okubo, 100%. I tell you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fact check him. Point. Fact yeah. check him. I'm going to fact man. check him, yes. Fact I'm check gonna, the stat man. Uh, Come on, fact check the stat man. It's what he does. Cardiff City. Championship only. The cups are out of it. Top score. Oh, well, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't looking like that, kid. I just. <laughs> I was going to say, I did this research just the other day. And it says, Cardiff City, BBC, top scorer, Keanu Tete, five. Ike Ogbo, four. All right, all right. For the sake, for the sake right. of it. Ruben Carwell, three. We'll give you an extra life. We'll give you an extra life. For the sake and he of obviously, that. now you've got Ogbo, so I'll give you a point for Ogbo. What, you're giving him Ogbo? Well, you can just not say it now, because if you... All right, all right, give him a point then. Uh... So maybe you want to work backwards, maybe. So who was top goal scorer last year? 
I only got a couple in my head. Um, and there's one or two that's joint, so be pretty. Okay, I don't want to lose to Brandon. That's what it is. I no, really don't. Flipping. It's looking like it. It's looking. I like really it. don't want to lose. It's looking like. Do any hint? Do any hints? Uh... Go on, give him a hint. Well, go on, give me a hint. Give me one. I'll say five of strikers out the list. We've got left. The rest of midfield defenders. Midfield defenders. See them Warnock you see them Warnock you when defenders are not goal scorer. I'll be Sean Morrison, surely. Nah, he's not on here. Oh, okay. Oh. See then, is he out? He's yeah, done. I mean, I, 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 I'd be, I'd be quite comfortable in saying I don't think we've had a striker get the double figures. I can say, yeah. I can say one. Well, I can say if one. If I get the screen to work, I'll be able to sh- show you the goals as well. They scored. So I can, I can get, I can give you, I can give you one. Go on. Go on. Kiefer Moore. He's a number four, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kiefer Moore at number four. Um, I can give you even another one. Wasn't since the Premier League. I don't know if it's too early, but I'm sure Joe Mason was one, one year. Nah. No, no, no. Right, I'll lift Oh, up, I yeah. tell you who I'm thinking of. What's his name? The little chubby. What's his name? Tomlin. <laughs> Tomlin. He's on the list. He's on, Tomlin's on the list. <laughs> Lee Tomlin. Yeah. Lee Tomlin. So you got Ogbo was one. Yeah. Kaba was two. Sorry, Kaba. Kaba. Oh, yeah, of course. Cool. Aid- Aiden Flint was three. Keeper Moore was four. Tomlin was five. <laughs> and then at six, Kamaras and Bobby Reed were both joined. Number seven, Callum Patterson. Number eight, Zahor. Number nine, Pilkington. Number ten, Kenwin Jones. Number eleven, Jordan Nutch. Ah! If I can stop sharing, I can actually tell you how many goals he scored. Well, well, I will say, seems like a an easy an easy <laughs> win for Big Brander Richards. Do you know what yeah, I mean? You That's take, you take the young that. wing, you the young wing, Do you know what I mean? It ticks a bit faster. It ticks a little bit sharper. Do you know what I mean? Under that, pressure. That is true. I mean, but we'll take that. So, so, so the winner of the first Swaz Christmas Tannable is B Junior. What was that eight points you won by then? <laughs> pretty comfortably, pretty comfortably. Let's just say that. Let's just say pretty comfortably. So the upcoming segment now is the opposition review for our upcoming fixture against newly promoted side Sheffield Wednesday. This week, we're privileged to announce that we've been joined by James from the Sheffield Wednesday Till I Die podcast. James, after a very tough start to the season, do you now believe that things are starting to pick up going into Christmas and obviously the busy period during December? Uh, yeah, you're right. The The form has picked up of late three wins in his last four games, which is always nice. It's always nice to, to have an upturn in your form, whatever part of the season that is. But yeah, for, for that to happen... Over Christmas, you know, there's not much time to change things. You know, there's there's four games in just over a week over that festive period. So these, like I said, 
if things are starting to go wrong, you can't really do much about it. So the fact that the confidence is uh, a lot higher um, than it than it has been perhaps all season, and that we are starting to pick those uh, those wins up, yeah, it's it's great. And as a fan, um, it's the best time to, I suppose, to pick up that form. You know, we, everyone looks forward to those games over Christmas and everything. And yeah, I'm as a just delighted really that. We have actually started picking some wins up because it has been pretty dire over you know over the season so far. We've been down there at the bottom. I mean, we've still got a lot to do. Six points adrift of safety. But as I said, you know, in a week's time, that could look totally different. Obviously, at the moment, you're in the relegation zone. Um, is it desperate now? Are the boys desperate to pick up points, especially in this busy period in Christmas? Is this the point where you expect to pick up some points? Yeah, you could say that we're desperate, given that we are in that relegation zone. Having said that, we were 12 points adrift to safety a couple of weeks ago. That gap has now come down to six, which is a lot more manageable. Teams above us are slipping up. You know, your likes of Huddersfield, uh, Plymouth, Millwall, Stoke. Uh, I know Plymouth uh, got a win against Rotherham at the weekend, which does help their course. But we'll see how their managerial situation uh, develops. But yeah, I think, you know we're all desperate for points. You know we want to get out of that relegation zone as quickly as we possibly can. Having said that, the season we're not even at the halfway stage yet. Uh, there's still a lot of football to go. So from that point of view, I don't think we need to panic. I think what we need to do is just keep that gap manageable. It, it is keep, uh, still coming down. I can't get any further than six, really, uh, you know, realistically, from a, just from a psychological point of view. But we just need to keep plugging away. I don't think every game is must win. Um, you know, of course, there's certain fixtures against certain opposition that you're gonna target more. Obviously, QPR at the weekend was a massive six pointer. Um, you boys are at the moment mid table. Is it is this a season-defining fixture? Probably not. However, when you look at some of the games that are coming up, you know we've got Hull, uh, we've got Coventry and Preston who are doing uh, doing all right so far this season. So I suppose you have to target your home fixtures to to look and get those points. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll take the points as they come. Um, I, I put a tweet out asking how many points people would like from the next four fixtures. I've just mentioned them there because it's Cardiff. Uh, then it's Coventry, Preston, both away, uh, and then a home game at New Year, on New Year against Hull. And, and most people have said six or seven points, being you know two wins and a draw out of his next four. So um, yeah, it, I, don't, I don't think it's desperate. I don't think we're at that stage just yet. But as I've mentioned already, you know, four games in what eight, nine, nine days, things can change quite rapidly. You know, we could be looking at the start of the new year. Sheffield Wednesday out of the relegation zone. Uh, similarly, if results don't go our way, we could be looking at a gap that's a lot larger than six points. Barry Bannon is a player who gives most teams, including ourselves, always a problem every time we play against him. Obviously, on the score sheet last time out, is he the main threat? Is he the player that we should be looking out for? Or is he a player that we should be well aware of coming into the fixture? Yeah, everyone knows Barry Bannon. Obviously, he scored in the return fixture at your place. Obviously, not enough to to get anything from the game in the end, but it was a fantastic goal. And we all know what he's capable of. Um, he's that player that can unlock any defence. He can pick out a pass that perhaps no one else sees, sometimes to our own detriment, to be fair. But he's been you know, a long servant to the club and you know, he's continually doing that. And he's come out and said that Danny Rowley's 
he's teaching him things that that he's you know that, that he doesn't know about uh, still at the age of what I think he's thirty three years old now, uh, which again he's he's brilliant to hear. I think he's he's took on board everything that Danny Rills uh, tried to tried to instill in the team and him, um, and it, I think we are kind of reaping the rewards. Another player that we need to look out for, I'm going to give you two, to be honest. Um, one of them, Bailey Ty Kadamatra. It's come from the youth setup. Um, Danny Real gave him his debut. I think he's made four consecutive starts now and he's banged three goals in as well. So uh, three three in four is a decent return. He's actually one of our leading goal scorers as well. We are struggling for goals. So yeah, three goals does get you that mantle um, so far this season. It's just instinctive. He's very raw. Um, he leads the line. Um, he's old up played, perhaps does need some work, but he'll run and run and run. He'll close down the, the goalkeeper, close down the defence. He's, he's, you know, very much defend from the front and he'll keep running for the full 90 minutes. He's, uh, his goals have been very instinctive as well. Um, his first one, six yards out, met it, met it well first time. His second one was a header. Uh, and then the third one, edge of the box uh, against QPR to level it up at 1-1. Again, another very instinctive first-time finish. So you don't need to give him many touches uh, and he can certainly punish you. And like I said, he's only 18 years old and very raw. Uh, the other one is Anthony Masaba. He got the winner at the weekend against QPR in, what, the 94th minute. He scored another late goal as well against Stoke to get all three points. Um, quick. A uh, little bit speedboat, no driver. I've got to admit, you know. But he, uh, if he's got the pace and the end product, then truth be told, he's not going to be playing for Sheffield Wednesday. He'll be playing a lot higher up in the in the leagues. He came from Monaco. Um, I don't think he played for the Monaco first team, or if he had it, not many games anyway. Um, he's one of the signings that we made in the summer, which which has worked. Not all of them have done. But he, yeah, again, very quick. He can advance the ball 20, 30, 40 yards very, very easily. Perhaps holds onto the ball a little bit too long, if I'm being perfectly honest. But, you know, one of those that, again, he's another one with, with three goals this season and uh, give, him a, give him half a chance and he'll, he'll certainly have a go. Like I said, it can be a bit frust- frustrating at times. Obviously, you'll, you'll hope that he's frustrating for us and not for yourself come, come Saturday. Lastly... What is your prediction for our match on the weekend? Even though the results have been a lot better, the performances haven't been excellent. Although saying that, we've done what we need to do and we fight right to the end. Four goals in the last, you know, uh, in injury time in our last, I think it's five or six games so far, um, means that, you know, we do play right to to the final whistle and can catch teams off guard. I think that Saturday's game is going to be is going to be tough. Uh, I think Cardiff are probably going to come here expecting to go home with three points, just given the uh, our league position. You know, you're playing twenty third. All right, I know it's away from home for you boys, but again, psychologically, you, you're probably going to think that this is a fixture that you can pick all, all three points up, which probably playing into our hands a little bit. We're we're more than happy to to give up some of the possession and let you have it, uh, and then when we do pick the ball up. Look to counter pretty quick. You know we're happy to play out from the back. We're happy to to build up that possession, but also we're not afraid to to go along. I mean, Callum Patterson, a player that you'll know very very well, uh, he'll 
you know, the flick-ons that he wins are vital, especially from the goal kick, uh, can get us up the pitch and, and, and start an attack pretty quickly. So uh, he did go off injured uh, at the weekend, but I've heard that he, he should be all right for, for Saturday. So if he is, expect him to... Uh, to play and expect him to to do you know something very similar. In terms of a score prediction, uh, I can't come on here and uh, and say that Sheffield Wednesday are going to lose. Um, uh, hopefully, it is uh, another win. Hopefully, we can keep a little unbeaten run at home going. I'm going to say it's going to be two nil to Sheffield Wednesday. I'll even give you a first goal scorer. Uh, I think it's going to be Barry Bannon with the first goal on Saturday. Uh, Best of luck for the rest of the season. Um, fingers crossed we beat you on Saturday and we can uh, get one step closer to surviving in the Championship. Thank you very much, James, from the Sheffield Wednesday podcast. It was brilliant to have you guys on again on our pods. And likewise, obviously, thank you for having us on. Um, great insight there on what to expect against Sheffield Wednesday. Now, remember, we're at Swaz Pod on the Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. So like, love, share, comment and most importantly subscribe now although i hope everyone enjoys this christmas and the holidays but i will say personally january can't come quick enough from a cardiff city standpoint plenty of transfer talks still going on since last since last episode we mentioned in last episode how transparent bullet has been in terms of talking about transfer target but nate we mentioned a bit earlier but do you like how clear bullet is talking about transfers or do you think that can have a negative effect on the squad uh, I think it could probably have a negative effect, Brand, because um, especially a man in his position, he's only you know players. Listen, players are they they're clever, like you know what I mean. They know if a results ain't going well, especially a card. If you know what the owner's been like, you you, you can make all these plans all you like, mate. If you're not here next season, like you know, I'll just down tools on you halfway through the season. If I don't think I'm going to be playing here next season, so I would have said I I would have I I don't mind straight talking. I like straight talking, as you know. I try and talk straight myself, but I think when you're in his position, you need the box a bit cleverer. And uh, while you can go out there talking about strengthening the squad, by strengthening the squad, no one knows where you're going to strengthen, right? If I say I'm going to strengthen the squad, no one knows whether that's a right back. Uh, goalkeeper, centre forward. Uh, do you know what I mean? Especially when none of the parts of our team are really on fire. You know, if you've got a back four that hardly concedes, we've played like 15 games and only conceded goals in like six of them, well, then you know, right, defensively, we're quite sound. So I doubt it's going to be strengthening there. If you've got two goals and you're 20 games in the season, then chances are you're going to need a bit of creativity and goal scorers. So... I would have gone a bit, a bit more. I don't know. Um, professional? Do you think about it? No, 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 not professional. I don't think it's professional because everyone has their own approach. But I would have gone a bit more varied. Then I would. I wouldn't have been so precise in my words. Mm. I would have been a bit looser. Then a bit like you know, like I say, I'm just going to strengthen the squad because I think. Most players accept that players are going to come in January, especially at Cardiff, because there's been no um, additional money signings for you know quite some time. So you'd expect them to not splash the cash, but try and strengthen and give the new manager 
um, all the help he needs. But I would have boxed a bit clever. But hey, he, like I would say, inside the dressing room is different. He might know, well, he clearly will have a better idea of what motivates the players more than we do. And it might act as a motivation. I don't know. But um, yeah, it hasn't so far. Do you, do you like it, Will, as a fan? Your manager being so clear in, in how he wants to go about things? Um, yeah, yeah, but especially the players you've been mentioning and, and all the rumours going around, they obviously get you excited. But a question, like, is it worth knowing, like, the manager saying what position he wants for a player? Like, you say, I need a striker in January. Mm. Like, does, it, does, does that make you not want to play or make you think, ah, oh, sorry? Well, if I'm a striker, I mean, it's different at Cardiff because I don't think any striker can hold their hands up and say, well, we're on about, I've got 12 goals in 18 games. Yeah. Yeah. There's no one can say that, right? So, but then you could go, well, okay, is that because of Tete or Ugbo or Mete because they miss a hat full of chances? You can't score unless someone's creating. Yeah. You will get your goals. Some players can create for themselves. But, you know, Cavs midfield is always too far away from his front line, even with a number 10 in there. So because we've got blistering pace on the counter-attack, it's always difficult to score goals, right? So I look at him and go, well, Atete probably plays the least. He's got the most goals which kind of highlights you've got a problem in creativity. Yeah. Right? Because you're not getting, you're not got like a Tete on nine, uh, Ugbo on eight, Mete on 11. You know, you've not got that situation. So I look at why I'm not scoring goals rather than, you know, getting a goal scorer. Because I think we've had goal scorers at the club. Uh, what's the lad who, who was there last year, last season? Um, I think he went to Barnsley or Rotherham. Waters, no? Waters, Waters. Waters. He can score, he can finish. But he he came to he came to uh, Cardiff and just dried up. But that's happened to so many strikers yeah. over the last couple of years. They come and dried up. But I think in this system, Errol Bullock plays on a counter-attack. We've been saying on here for a number of years that athleticism, speed, and you've got a bit more athleticism in the side. Granted, no pun intended, as in Carlin, <laughs> but you've got a bit more athleticism in the team, right? But they're still too far away from the opponent. So when you sit and counter, unless you're very good at the passing in the, the triangles to then break. If you're not very good at that, then you're not going to counter well. All right? And the problem is then you're too far from the opponent's goal to make a continual impression. Mm-hmm. So what I would say is, and this is what I was calling for, I thought by now, Errol would have had them a bit further up the pitch and from time to time, periods in game where you're up, pressing the opponent and pressing and doing it well and winning the ball back higher up, which equates to more po- more uh, opportunities on your opponent's goal. Well, we talk about there about, pardon me, we talk about there about 
players that could be bringing in, two names that we've mentioned numerous times in the pod and are looking like certified signings, you could say, unofficially, is Kiefer Moore and Greek, Greek midfielder Bacasetas. Like, as we know, we still we know the club are looking to bring in more, but let's say hypothetically we bring in just them two players. Nice, you mentioned there about how it goes down to the style of play and who we got surrounding them. Will they be enough, do you think, to make a difference? Let's say hypothetically, like I said, we only bring in them two. Do you think that'll be enough to then completely change the team on his head? Well, I can't say for the Greek player, Besiktas, yeah. did you say? Yeah. I can't speak for him because I've not seen him. Kiefer, as we've just found out, finished top scorer. Are <laughs> <laughs> you 20 as well, so... Don't yeah, but I, I, I still think Kiefer is someone you need to provide a lot of crosses to. You know what I mean? He's a great platform to play off. But you'd expect platform, play off, spin, get in the box. Do you think... Wingers, take them on, crosses in the box. Do we see that many? Oh. Do we see that much crossing in the box? Do you... I don't know if we've got one not... winger as a pinpoint winger, crosser. It's all cut inside, shoots, play off. Well, yeah. that's another problem because uh, they all seem to come inside mm. and play off. So that's even worse problem. If you're coming inside... I think Man United have that major issue mm. with Anthony and Garnacho. That's why the boy Hoyland for me is only, well, he only scored the Champions League. No blessing. Right? Because he's not getting crosses coming in because he's not got wingers that go outside. So many wingers play on the opposite side and come inside today because they're not really wingers. They're wide centre forwards. They're wide attackers. They're expected to get their numbers up, their goals up in the double figures also. The striker is supposed to get you 18, 20 goals, but you're two wide men. They're supposed to be getting you 12, 15 goals each as well. Right? So, is that our system? Is that how we're playing? Because if it is, then, you know, you don't want a keeper more. You want an athlete. You want someone who, when I come inside on the halfway line, I can play the ball through and he's just going to rip the bat, the defence for speed. Yeah. And then slot it. That's why we're seeing NG with a lot of these chances because it's going back out to him. And then when we don't have NG in the side, then there's no deliveries and crosses. Yeah, yeah. So I think we, I think we all know, you know, we, we, you know, of course we'd welcome Kiefer back into the, into the fray. But don't get confused with what was going on before because we were very direct when Kiefer came. We were playing five centre halves at that point. Right, right. So we're not, we're not that same animal now. We have changed and we've morphed into something else, but now we're a counter deep lying, soak up pressure, counter attack team. Get a goal off a set piece. That's come back into fruition. Set pieces, which is good because you need to be powerful from set pieces. But, you know, we probably have more goals from set pieces than we do from open play, which is a worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. But like we said, in January, you could could be bringing in four to five, maybe even six players, along with Keith mm. Moore and Bakasetta. So, I mean, it's all to see there. It's all to see there. But Buller's also been in the press, especially after the uh, disappointing whole fixture. Has said mm. that playoffs may be too much to ask of for the players, and we may not be at that level. And we said at the start of the season again, Nathan, like you said earlier, fans have got excited, which again, like you said. That's, the, that's our job is to get excited about these things and absolutely and get ourselves in believe we can be in them type of positions but do you think it's 
again, it might just be his frustration, the fact that he, he believes he can bring this side to the playoffs come the end of the season. But do you think it's fair to say, well? Well, that he believes he can get from the playoffs. Well, he don't sides. believe. He, he said that playoffs may be too much to ask from these players. Well, maybe he, just, he obviously mentioned and realised how good the championship is and mm. seeing teams like Hogs. I think Hogs midfield were 10 times better than our midfield. Much quicker, sharper. And obviously he said bring these players in the quality. These players hopefully can make a difference. But yeah, I think he's really shown and obviously two fixtures a week. Got to get results. So we've just seen we had Millwall and Birmingham at home. That should be six points. Um, but yeah, I think he's just realised... Um, how hard the championship is and he needs to start picking up points and I think obviously some some victories as well recently just covered up what's been going on and these members obviously beat um, I said Millwall at the start and then as we've seen after Millwall we've lost in Birmingham we lost a hole we lost two before that so one or two victories have covered basically what's been going on but yeah I think looking for, I think it looks like we're looking forward to January. I think January can't come quick enough in terms of bullet and trying to get more results on the table. Do you think that? I think that's part of the problem as well. I think the manager is looking for January. Mm. Well, well, it sounds like a bit Which... of a dig. Sorry to interrupt, but when he says mm. for the, because he said the playoffs may be too much to ask for these players that he's got as his disposal. Do you know what I mean? It could be mm. a dig and come from his point as well. Well, it is kind of a diss, yeah, isn't it? I mean, really? really? You know. It, it it well, as polite as, as probably yeah yeah you know in other words I don't think you players are up to getting to the playoffs like I would say well Errol did you, How do you know? underestimate this league mm. you have never been in this league you've never been to a playoff you know this is your first time maybe part of your job is not just you know uh, coaching and picking a team is assessing this league and mm. thinking to yourself because. Like, you can't tell me that. Even if you said, right, open checkbook. Errol, sign who you want. Do you think he would get us to the playoffs? I think we'll be roundabouts. With a bit of luck, I think, with a bit of luck. I don't think so. With a bit of luck. I I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think you can... I don't look at many teams who play a sit, deep block and counter-attack. Do you, do you think he's doing as, that just for the time being because the young other players are just... No, because my... Uh, this is where doing research comes in, Koshi. My research tells me that's exactly how he played in Turkey. So do you think, do you think he's Second, just trying to implement so I think that this in this is, division? I think this is his philosophy. Mm. Yeah, I think that's his philosophy. His, but how long did you... Turkish, t- Turkish football is very much like that. How long do you have that in the Turkish league, though? Because do you reckon that was a problem there as well? Trying to get the players he wants. Say that again. How long, do you, how long was his time in Turkey with these clubs? Because do you reckon that was a problem there? He didn't have enough time to get well, the players Well, everything, everything short-term in, in uh, Turkey. So do you reckon he could have put right. the style he wanted to play down in Turkey and he had to play that counter-attacking again there? And then we're seeing similar things. Uh, I, I think... I, listen, I, I think you, as a manager, you... you get your reputation for what you do, mm. right? And I don't think there's many managers who set out on one path and then say, right, this is not my philosophy. Actually, I was just doing that because, you know, it was called for, right? I think, you know, the more experienced managers got that in the locker, right? Horses for courses sort of thing. But then I can migrate 
The problem is, even as Steve Cooper's found out today, time in this country, in these leagues, in most leagues across Europe now, time isn't something that managers are afforded. Do you know what I mean? So, not, not as in, I think 12 months is, is ridiculously short, right? I think you give two or three year contracts and you allow the manager the belief and the space to say, right, we'll allow you to develop and we'll allow you to build and we'll allow you to grow. Um, but no, I, 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 my understanding is this is uh, more of Errol's philosophy is a counter-attacking sort of way of playing. Yeah. And I think that's difficult to win unless you've got like, you've got to have some, like, some midfield and attack yeah. to play on the counter and win at this level. No, I, I agree with you in the terms of, I believe that is his foundation. But again, like we were even mentioning earlier, how we can't really tell what type of philosophy he's playing because you see sometimes, especially when we go against the weaker sides in the championship, which there's not many weaker sides than us, he does sort of alter how he doesn't play and doesn't soak up as much pressure. Or again, though, do you feel like that is something you can't do in the championship? Is alter who you're playing, like we mentioned earlier? Is that to me, yeah. Brandon? An open question, pretty much, but if you'd like to take it, Blakey. Listen, I think you can take. I think you can play a deep defensive block at times when it's called for, right? I think if you've got a few injuries and stuff like that, uh, major players, I think you can, right? But I'm talking a few injuries to major players, not like wow. one injury to one major player, right? I think like this is mate. Listen, I've won the championship or promoted out of it three, three or four times in my career. You know, it's difficult to get out of. But I never knew, and I know it's different now, but differences now, players are trying to play out from the back and score the goal, the perfect goal, goal up the pitch and score. Great, fine, love that. Watch it. Do, you know, could you name me a team who's played counter-attack in football over the last five, ten years? Sit deep, soak up pressure, go and nick a goal and get promoted? Mm. For the whole season, you're saying? That's, 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 the, that's philosophy. the philosophy of play? What, what, what's the... You have to, I, think, I think even Luton... That's what I was about the, to say was Luton. That was the first technique. Well, even they changed. They, you know, they're more of a... They were more of a, like, get the ball up the pitch quicker and... Right, kick and rush. They can support yeah. the big man. They got, not kick and rush. They got a big man up front. They got a couple of big men up front who can hold up the ball and blah blah blah, bring people into play. Mm. So that was different. What What is the best way of playing against those teams who play out the back, though? Defensively, high high press. High press. The closer you win the ball to the opponent's box, the easier it is to score, Koshi. Why? Because I don't have to travel so far. Mm. <laughs> it's easier to It's easier to win the ball on their eighteen yard box make a couple of passes and put it in the net than it is to play it out of our 18-yard box and go 80-90 yards and put it in the other net. But do you reckon you could do that in the championship for 46 games, though? That intensity? Do what? Like, put constant pressure in the championship when you're playing... Well, you don't... You, you, well, that's, that's... That's a bit of a strange question because you can't do that. You can't yeah. press constantly for 90 minutes. No, that's what I'm saying. So you couldn't do it. So you can't do it constantly. No one, no, there's not a team in the yeah. world that can just go press, 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 press. 
because you'd be gone after 60 minutes. There's, t- there's times in games where you dominate the ball and you play the ball in the opponent's half and then there's other times where you need to soak up pressure. You know, even the great Manchester City who dominate possession, dominate possession, they come up against Aston Villa the other day who went, hey, we're going to match you stride for stride, yeah? And we're going to press a you, how about that? Yeah. We weren't quite ready for it. I guarantee it don't happen twice to Pep because he will adjust. And I think that's what you do as a manager. You adjust, you know? And that adjustment could be one player in one position. It doesn't have to be rejinking, you know, rejigging the squad and going from a three to a four and two holders, no one holder and, you know, a diamond in midfield or a box midfield. It, you can change one player and alter the system slightly. But I think, you know, yeah, you, you have to be able to press in this league. In, in British football, that is. Right? The way it's gone, with people playing out from the back, I see it at League 2 level, right? Trying to play out of the 18-yard box with players who are not capable, <laughs> basically. Not capable, but the manager is in his head has become, it's the Pep Guardiola effect. I want to play out. I think we're confident. I want to, right? That's okay what you want, but if I'm telling Koshi, right, play out from the back, Koshi, and Koshi's not a good passer to the ball, He's not a confident lad on the ball. Why would I ask him to do that? If I did, I would make sure pre-season and during the season, Koshi, you're coming with me for extra training and on the ball, I'm going to clip that. On the ball, thread that. On the ball, diag that. I'm going I'm to work it into you so you become confident in doing it. So you can press, but you can't press for 90 minutes, kid. You press for 10 minutes here, 50 minutes there. And when the momentum does swing, that's when you can sit back and say, right, soak it up. There's not many teams like Man City is there. Not even Liverpool. Like Liverpool, Arsenal, as good as they are, they don't do what Man City do and absolutely dominate you possession-wise. Yeah. Mm. What about Spurs, though? The problem is they've had injuries-wise a bit, though. They press quite high. High line as well. That's what they press quite high. Yeah, and then they tended to... Their problem after they stopped winning all these games was they were running out of steam. People yeah. going, ah, oh, Spursy. Yeah. But rather than thinking we're going to press and then panic when we have to defend, no, no, no. Just get an understanding of, okay, we can soak up pressure as well. And if you happen to concede while soaking up pressure, don't panic. Goals are hard to score. You know what I mean? But you have to be adaptable as a manager, as a team in this day and age. Because everyone is, you know, trying to do their own little thing. So, you know, it's a game of chess. I think it goes back to the point you made earlier as well, Nathan, about having the right players to do so. To do in this type of, this type of football. And it, that's, that, that would help, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> it's the philosophy. Like, we could go, we could turn, we could turn it tomorrow and be like, to the blue to the bluebirds be like oh boys this is how we're going to play but like you said we you've got to have the right players and i think it goes back again to your original point of athleticism mm, it's yeah. the fact that how important athleticism is whether to be pressing defensively or going forward offensively so mm. now nah, i think it, i think it's massive and key but i think we can all because ag- players we can agree that city sorry. is quite far away from that players are on average running 12 and 13k in a game now 
on average. All right? So, you know, that's with and without the ball, yeah. Mike. If you've got the ball, Man City players are still running 12, 13K. Why? Because of their movement is so good. Five yards here, two yards there, 10 yards here, five yards there, while the opponent just stands in his position. Right? So you think, oh, no, it's easier. It's actually harder to do what Man City do. Mm. To concentrate, be knackered out of breath and keep the ball is the hardest thing in football. Right? So, yeah, it could be, listen, you can't press all the time. Anyone who thinks that, you know, is crazy. You can't press 90 minutes, 46 games a season. You know, do we have the best squad in the league? No. So there's going to be times you're going to come up against teams like Norwich. Whether they're above you or below you, they keep the ball well. You've got to learn how to break them down over a period rather than thinking, right, we'll just go and press them. Mm. Right? You press them now or you don't press them. Then you go, right, words out, boys. Next time, as soon as you see uh, Keon go, we all go. As soon as you see Mets go, we all go. Set in traps. As soon as you see Granty go, we all go. Right, it's set in traps. So you don't just keep going and keep going and keep going. You go when you all know, right, it's on, fellas. Next 10 minutes, we're going to press like shit. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know? Obviously, so it's... Uh, ball, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, Koshi. There's another reason. You know, Brandon's on the ball. He's not very good with the ball at his feet, as we all know. <laughs> I press him. <laughs> <laughs> they call him... They call him... They call, <laughs> they call him two left. Right, and especially in the championship, it's the way the championship's going now, and this way is developing. Mm. And that's why you see certain teams be more at the top, the top end of the championship, and push for promotion and excel in playoffs. It's because, again, I know it's bad to say, but that pep way of playing football is what everyone's sort of leaning towards. I see it in League Two brand. I, I work on Newport, I work on Cardiff. I see it in League Two, right? You know, you've got to have a hell of a squad to be able to do it and get away with it in that, at that level, all right? Uh, you know, it's why some of the big clubs go down there and think, oh, yeah, we'll do it this way. Listen, you won't. Why? Because my big physical centre-forward can dominate your two centre-halves. If that's the case, hey, nine times out of ten, battle's over. All right? If my main central belt, centre halves, centre mid, centre forward dominate yours, chances are we'll win the game. That's why they say the core of your side is so important. I mean, we, I mean we're a bit far away from that, but like you said, we can always build towards that. But we have to build towards it. You have to have these strings to your bow to be successful. You need to be able to press. And that's, that's what I was saying. I thought, like, early on in the season, I didn't expect to see it. I expected to see the deep defensive block. But I thought at times we would migrate to, not all the time, not go out and do that for 45 minutes, lads. But, oh, lads, right, right. We can see who the weak player is. We've already highlighted the pre-game. We worked on it Friday, Thursday. Yeah, right. He's given the ball away once or twice. 
go and get on him. It's like if you see a, court, uh, a, a keeper who's dodgy, what do you do? Stick it on him, yeah. You're You're stick it on him, on right? Him, yeah. Right. So, you know, it's not just about... That's what I say, Brand. There's so much thought that got to go into it. It's not just about how what we're doing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You've got a player like Rambo who has seen and done the whole shebang. Right? If you ask Rambo, oh, do you think we should play like this against them, like this against them? He'd probably say, I would bet, well, you play like that against them. You try and change it a bit there because they have stronger than us there against them. Against them, I'd fancy us. So, yeah, we'll go a bit more attacking there. But do you know what I mean? Mm. I, I think, I, I think it's, it's the intricate game of chess. I, I think, you know, it's, uh, it's something that we need to migrate to. Yeah, and implement it in. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned there, Aaron Ramsey. After a great start for his return, he could he could be coming back now after obviously a, a devastating to have him out so weirdly and that injury. Ooh, do we need him, boy? We need him. This is what I'm saying. How much of a difference do you think he could be returning now? It's almost like it's almost like a new signing going into January. He's almost like an extra signing because we've seen how well he did coming back. I mean, how does he fit into this team now? We've sort of. I mean, we. I meant fit in straight back in. Fit in. Well, obviously, you, you slot him in, of course. Yeah. But again, like like I know we mentioned earlier, and we mentioned about the style of playing with sort of a question mark around that, but you mentioned about this counter-attacking style, which, again, because most teams are stronger than us, you see us go into this soaking up pressure. Is he going to be able to... I'm not going to say deal with it, because I feel that's a disres- bit disrespectful. Well, he makes a, he makes a, he makes a massive difference, Brand. He might not make the difference that gets you into the top six, but he'll make the difference and make you win a lot more games. Right and be in games for longer and look like scoring, right? Because he can pull out a worldie. There's not many players you look at at the moment for us and go, he yeah uh, he could pull out a worldie. Yeah, there's certain players you know they got the ability to pull out a worldie, right? So he can pull you out a thirty yard pile driver out of nothing, but he can also get into this pocket, get into that pocket, pick the right pass, open up that defense. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because he's that good. And it's no, to me, it's no coincidence that our sort of form has become inconsistent while he's out. All right? But they knew that while they were signing him, he's not going to be able to play a championship season. So, you know, he like he can't come back quick enough, Rambo, for me. Because he, he certain players make other players better. Right, and he makes a lot of other players in Cardiff better. Simple as, yeah. simple as. You know, you know some players you look at sometimes and you'll go, yeah, he's a good player, but, and then they move to another club and you go, you know, he's a really good player because he's been able to step up and play with better players. He looks even better, and sometimes they make the move and you go, yeah, I didn't think he could. Because they're not able to step up another level. Mm. Rambo's like uh, a different level to everybody else. And what happens is he gives you confidence when he's in the team. Because he takes the ball anywhere. You know, he can score a worldie. He can open up a defence. He can pick a ridiculous pass. 
you know, if you're a striker playing with Rambo, or you're, no disrespect to say, Rousey, and you're playing with Joe Rouse, if I'm, if I'm playing with Rambo, I know I just keep making that run. Yeah. I know he's going to find me. If I'm playing with Rousey, I know I need to make sure that, you know, first of all, he wins his tackle, and then, you know, it's totally different. The, the dynamic is totally different. Yeah, I think, so, yeah. Ram, Rambo will give other players confidence as well. I think he gets respected as well by other teams and players, and sometimes allows more, go. allows more room for players like wide to get more space, more time on the ball by him getting occupied or having two players on him, and he can play out the system, out the um, scenarios, and he also knows when to keep the ball. Sometimes you see him in, against Leeds and then he dropped in right between the centre half at one point, and I was like, oh, he needs to be mm. up in front of the goal. Well, obviously he does, but that period of game when Leeds were maybe getting momentum, he knew right to hold this ball for two minutes at least. Do let him get a momentum swing massively in their favour, and that's been lacking, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm. I couldn't agree more, I'm, and I think we'll see that especially when when he does come back. And well, I mean, look at the results we gained at the start of the season. Some of the teams we were getting results again, and even the games that we did lose or did drop a couple of points, we played. We were against good sides. Just a level. Good sides. He's just a he, he's just a different level. Like I said, some players will make your team better. On their own. I'm not saying he's gonna be he allow you to win every game. What I'm saying is Your performance. You got a you got a eighty, ninety percent chance of winning the game with him, and that drops to like thirty, forty percent without him. So you double your chances of winning. And you but slow out, I know you said just earlier then that it's not enough to gain to top six, but let's say Ramsey comes back. Let's say, I know you say Kiefer doesn't fully fit in, but let's say Kiefer comes through. And let's say Bullet then brings in a few more players of his liking. Although, like you said mm. about you know, criticism and the style of football, do you think, mm. think best-case scenario could still be enough for us to get us in the playoffs? Mm. I don't, by the way, I don't criticise Bullet for his style No, not criticise, not criticise. That is his style of football. That's his philosophy. Yeah, but it's okay That's to say you're not necessarily a fan, though. Not a fan, but... No, I'm not a fan of a yeah. deep defensive block. Yeah, that's okay to say. No, I'm an attacker. Mm, well, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's the f- worst thing for me in the world. That's why I feel for the, the, the goal scorers, right? I don't think we've got out-and-out 20-goal-a-season player, right? I, I don't think any of them uh, uh, are there. I'm not saying they can't get there, but I don't think any of them are there right now. But I just think... Like, to play the way we do all of the time is is a problem for me. Do you think that's negative, negative for attack because they know when they get their chance, that might be the only chance of the game type of thing. They might snatch. Yeah, that, that might be. You know, if, if you know you're only going to get one or two chances in a game, uh, yeah, then you start to think about it. And that's the worst thing that can happen in, to a striker. When you start to think about it, you overthink it. Yeah. You know, so uh, it, listen. I, I, I think he's like I say. That's Errol Bullet's style of play, and at the beginning, it worked. And like I say, it worked as well because you've got a world class player in your team, right? Who can make six or seven year old players raise their game. Not to his level, but raise their game. They they look better. They feel more confident. They know, right, I can give him that there, that he makes us tick. 
just like freaking, you know, Barcelona with Lionel Messi. You know, if you've got that key player all the time, you do. You know he's going to be able to pull out things out of the bag that no one was expecting. And I think we've already witnessed that with Rambo, right? Yeah, Leon, yeah. yeah. Right? We've seen him score, like, with... Leicester. Like, yeah. who, else would have got, who else would have scored that goal? Yeah. I can't give you one. So, you know, that's a huge confidence booster for me if I'm playing with him. I want to try and play up to his level. So we've, like, he, he's been such a miss mm. for the way Errol Bullock wants to play. Well, I mean, we could see him. We could see him return as early as early January. Really, I know his a couple of talks are before that, but I doubt we'll see him in the next four fixtures. In which we will, or which I want your predictions, lads, over the next four fixtures over the Christmas period. Of course, Sheffield Wednesday away is our uh, upcoming one, and then an impressive Plymouth Argyle at home, then top of the league Leicester at home, and then QPR away. So, how many points are we picking up? Well, let me start with you. Six. Six. Out of possible yeah. twelve. Because, <laughs> uh, what's his name? The Plymouth manager's on his way, isn't he? Apparently he's well, yeah. well, allegedly. So, hopefully, goes terrible He's on way. his way out. Uh, way out. Uh, he's going to get Stoke City one in. So, Stoke, yeah. He might get approached to leave Plymouth. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Okay. And obviously, Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, I'm the best. Over the next three fixtures, you say? Next Grand four three? fixtures. So Sheffield Wednesday, four. Plymouth Argyle, Leicester, Down and QBR. QBR. Up until the 1st of Jan. Sheffield Wednesday, we'll go and get a point. Plymouth at home, we'll get a point. Leicester at home, we'll lose. And QBR away, we'll win. So you're going for five so, points? Yeah. Five points out of possible 12. So Will, you're going for six? Nath has gone for five. Mm. I don't like to give my predictions these days because I've been getting it wrong. I went on a good streak <laughs> again and right all the time and then now I've just been... I, what happened was I started to be negative and I started to be positive and then it started to come in and then I've just been positive ever since and it's just been downplaying me. So I'm going to go for... You can only go what your eyes tell well, you. Yeah, well, I, I always say that. it's not positive. I don't do positive or negative. I just I just go on what my eyes tell me. Yeah, well, what my eyes tell me, if the sun is shining and the sky is blue, I don't look and go, God, that's orange. What a lovely orange sky. Well, I mean, if the sun's over the sky, then it's going to look a bit orange, isn't it? <laughs> well, it depends if it's setting. All right, all right, all right, all right. What I say will make a difference <laughs> in some in some way of the, okay. the universe. So I'm gonna go for yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go for four points. I'm gonna go for four points. <laughs> <laughs> That's less than us. That's horrible, man. <laughs> I'm gonna go for four <laughs> points, man. I hate to say it. It's tough times. It's tough times at the four Cardiff points out of four games. So point the game. Point average, the game point. average. Do you know what I mean? It could be four draws. Could be a win and a draw, okay. but I think it's going to be four points. It's tough times. It's tough times at the Cardiff City Stadium. I might even push. I might even push to seven. Seven. Yeah, I might even push to a a Wednesday win, a QPR win, and a draw home against Plymouth. So you're going for seven. So I think right now we're probably it's probably easier for us to play from home because we're not in great form. 
But still, though, one win in the last five, I mean... Yeah, but... Stats don't lie. As Jamaicans say, sooner or later, the donkey has to win the derby. (laughs) (laughs) I think we'll move on to the next segment. That is the tune of the week. (laughs) Christmas edition. So, lads, what is your tune of the week? Christmas edition. Got to be a Christmas song. Well... Let me start with uh, you. Christmas Even though last week you, what, you forgot. What What is your it's Tune of the Week Christmas edition? First album in New York. Tune of the Week. Oh, nice one. I like that. I like that. It's an annual for Christmas. Blakey, what's your Tune of the Week? I haven't really got a Christmas song I like. Really? You're taking a mic. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I like, uh, what's the gentleman who just passed away? That's the song I just said, yeah. Very tall, New York. That was Wills. (laughs) Oh, well, I I can't have it, can I? (laughs) Uh, Okay, I'll go with, um, not that the listeners will hear, the Jodeci track called Cherish, a Stevie Wonder cover. Nice. It's got, like, chimes in it, and it's very... You probably haven't heard it. If you listen to it, Bran, you'll hear it and then you'll think, oh yeah, that's really Christmassy. Or I would go with, um, I quite like Mariah Carey's uh, Christmas one. Ah, well, well, that comes up to my tune of the week. It's uh, Santa's Coming to Town by Mariah Carey. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, ah, never mind, kid. She, you gotta pick another one. Like, <laughs> 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 oh, well, that's me. That's 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 mine. That's, you can't take mine. Uh, it don't belong to you. Uh, name, man. Did, you write, did you produce it and write it? And oh did you? man! Oh, I flipped it on his head. Um, flipping the twelve days of Christmas. Is it twelve? Who sings that? No, it's Lemon. Le- no, is it? <laughs> 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 That's my song. That's my song. That's my tune of the week. Christmas edition. Christmas edition. Oh. Well, that's all we got for this week's Swazzers. Swazzers. I hope you all enjoyed. Thank you for tuning in during this festive time. And we hope you and your family have a great Christmas and a happy new year from everyone here at A Bit of Swaz. So take care of yourselves, and we'll see you in 2024. Merry Christmas. Blue words.